0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hello there. Long time no see. How are you doing? No, seriously, um, it's good to be back on the show. So we took about a month's pause, a little bit more, a uh, month and a half actually. And or two months by the time this comes out. Oh, that's bad. Um And, you know, I want to talk about the podcast here. I want to talk about the future of the podcast. And most importantly, I want to talk about today's topic, all about cues, playbacks, faders, what all these terminologies mean, and most importantly, how to use them in your lighting. If we haven't met, I'm David from Learn Stage Lighting. And if you're new around here, you got to grab my free guide. It's going to help you begin with lighting, and it's specific to your lighting context. So if you work with band lighting, church lighting, DJ lighting, or theater lighting, um, or you feel like you can fit into one of those categories, then there is a guide specifically for you and your type of lighting over at LearnStageLighting.com. Right there on the homepage. You can't miss it. Head over there right now. I'll wait. Not a problem. You can also pause this. Okay. So today, guys, we're going to talk about playbacks and cues and, and what all this stuff means and how you use it. We're going to start from the very basics, but we're going to get significantly more complex and by the end, talk about how it applies to your different lighting contexts, to different situations that you might find yourself in with lighting. Here we go. So Um, As we start, just to note too, I I know we took a a literally a two month wait from this podcast, so you might be like, "Come on, David, what what are you doing? You know, why are you back here?" And truth be told, I'm coming back and I'm trying to figure out what the best thing to do with this podcast is. So we've got a good loyal listener base. I love you guys. Thank you. Um, And you know, you guys are wonderful. Um, It's just that I have a lot of trouble. There's two things I have trouble with on this podcast. Um, The first, honestly, is motivation. Um, It is hard. For some reason, harder than recording videos. It is hard to sit in front of this computer, record this audio, and literally be talking, you know, to no one. Even though I do video all the time, for some reason, it's different. Don't ask me why. It seems strange. I know. But, and so, you know, I've done some different co-hosts in the past, and they're wonderful people. Um, but I'm flying solo for a minute here. Gonna try it out. See what we think. Um, and then the other part is, I just have struggle, I I have trouble sometimes figuring out the best way to promote the podcast. Like, I send out a good number of emails about my articles and my videos, and we've got social media, though I'm not a big social media guy. Um, I like promoting things on the website and via email more. Um, but regardless, um... You know, I just, mm, I struggle to find the place to put the podcast into my promotions and, and that's where I do kind of struggle. Um, so anyway, if you have any suggestions, feel free to go to com slash contact, pop them into the contact form. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I, I do read everything that comes in there. I know I don't always have time to reply to everything because sometimes it's a lot, but we're here for you. Um, and I do love the people that listen to the podcast. So, should you use playback buttons or faders on your cues, and how many cues should you have on a playback? So, I want to start first with uh, giving some terminology, some definitions here, right? Because we're not all on the same page going into this, and, and not everybody is ever going to be on the same page, but I'm going to do the best I can. Why is that? Well, when it comes to terms in lighting, specifically terms that are within consoles, uh, different console brands use either different terms for the same things, like a fader, a playback, a queue list. In some consoles, those could all be the same things. But then also, um, the other side is they u- may use the same term, like playback. And between different consoles, that term can mean different things. It can be slightly different, uh, you know, objects within that console and it might perform differently so you might in the practical level come from one console where you're used to a playback i forget there's i, I as many of you guys know i'm not a big evil person decent consoles i'm um, good on the console and pcn's a little clunkier but i'm just it's it's just backwards and upside down from the consoles i'm used to which are like you know i learned hog first then ma then onyx and i use all three um, a lot and they're fairly similar um, but is different. But they have on their fader. They have a fader type that only has one cue, and they have one that has multiple cues. Okay, so so the point of of this this starting ramble is that any term in a lighting console, and some more often than others, can be used different ways across different lighting consoles, or um, the same type of item. Within different lighting consoles, can have different names. So, the same name could be different things, and the same thing could be different names, okay? Just to break it down. And so, to get started in this conversation, uh, first thing we want to talk about cues, okay? When I think of a cue, I think of something that I can execute, that I can press, that I can play, that I can trigger, that I press a button, move up a fader, whatever. And just in that one action, one action, okay, just pressing a play button, pressing a button, moving up a fader, in that one action, I get a lighting look, you know, some setup of lighting parameters on my lights that I pre-recorded. So when I pre-recorded it, of course, when I recorded it, it took me more steps to make that thing. But now, just in one step, I play that thing back. Okay, that's a cue playback. I, you know, I'm going to lean on, I, I use multiple consoles, but I'm going to lean on um, the Onyx terminology here, because I think they really do a good job of, of separating it out. And a playback is a physical item that you can pr- place cues upon. Okay, what's that look like? Well, it might be a fader. It might be a button. It might be an on-screen button, an on-screen fader, a virtual button, something you you know that exists somewhere that you never actually touch but is triggered automatically, that would be a playback. Okay. And so I'm going to refer to it that way as that's that's an object that's holding a queue um, or a queue list. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll get that in a minute. Then we've got a sub master. So a sub master is um, in some consoles a fader a playback per se that instead of having a cue on it it has a set of lights and it controls the intensity of those lights now i'm not going to go over that one a lot in within today's podcast but it's really important to know just because in, in some consoles like onyx which i use a lot a submaster is a type of fader and it's a type of playback. It contains only intensity. You set the level of the lights. You record it to a submaster. That's what it does. There are other consoles, like I remember uh, Vista. You place a group onto a fader, and now that's a subtractive, or I believe it's customizable to be additive, but it's a, that's a fader that controls that group of lights and their intensity level. Different process, same general result. Okay, um, Back in... Uh, the old theatrical consoles, and, and not like old, old, but just sort of old, um, like I learned on the ETC Express, Expression Insight series, um, and those series of consoles, the faders that you just recorded multiple things to that were essentially the playback faders, they called the submasters. Now, they could only have one cue on them, um, and then there were the cue stacks that could have multiple cues on them. Okay, and that brings up my next point. Cues versus queue lists. Most modern consoles, when you record or software, when you record a lighting queue, you press record and you place that queue somewhere. That generally starts, builds you a queue list that has a single queue in it. Now, in a lot of consoles, that means that um, if you just put one cue on there, it acts like just there's only one cue. So every time you hit play on that, you're going to get that one cue, okay? You're not going to get different cues. Um, but a cue list can often, and most often, have multiple cues upon it, okay? And when a cue list has multiple cues upon it, you then go ahead and have the ability to decide, How many cues should I put on a given playback? And how do I even think about it? That's a great question. Okay. So let's tackle that first. Um, Whether you're on a fader or button, the decision to put a single cue versus two cues versus 2,000 cues on a given cue list really comes down to the type of show you're playing, and what kind of playback you're intending to get, okay? Case in point, if you have a theatrical show, there's an act one, there's an act two, there's an intermission, you know, whatever else there is, you're typically going to use, like, one playback fader, maybe two, and that's going to play back your whole entire show, and it's going to have a lot of cues upon it. The positives of this are that if you're in a highly scripted show that goes the same every night, then you just hit play and you can do some really complex stuff because you pre-recorded all of it. And it's all always going to play in order and life is good and dandy. But you can probably hear from the tone of my voice and from the way I'm describing it, that this setup and this way of running cues by having a lot of cues on one fader is going to be a problem if your show is not perfectly scripted. If your show doesn't run the same every night. If some of the people on stage skip something, miss something, go back on accident. I remember in high school, once we were doing a play, I don't remember what it was. And it was like opening night or the second night. And one of the actors or actresses, I don't remember. Um, they go ahead and, um, and what they do is they basically, you know, they jumped like way off, way, way, way off. And, and then they found their way back. And jumping through the lighting cues on, a, you know, an old ETC style desk was pretty difficult. Uh, the abilities there, and I don't remember what we did exactly, but there were some, some tense moments there, right? <laughs> there were definitely some tense moments. Um, and so, you know, that's the downside of putting a lot of cues on a given cue list is if you need to jump around, if you need to go back, if you need to jump way forward, it's pretty tough to do most of the time. It's not as simple as just reaching over to another fader or button and hitting it, right? Um, However, um, that doesn't mean that every fader or button, every playback needs to have just a single cue on it, um, because I don't think that's the case either, okay? So what i like to do here is I like to go ahead and put um two cues on most faders for most shows that I do. One to two cues. Okay. Um again, if it's a pre-scripted, if it's a theatrical thing that's very scripted and it's going to happen the same way every night and we know that and we trust that um the actors or whomever is the talent on stage is going to, you know, knock that out the right way. Um, and they're gonna always be on on the ball like that. Then that's great, you know. That's awesome um, because you can then program in some really complex stuff, and the operator just goes go 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 through the show. You give them a script with some notes on it. Life is good and dandy, you know. Um, and so, you know, that's how that works. Um, but if your show is not pre-scripted like that. Then I really recommend on a given fader no more than about two cues. Okay. Um, and I want to have those two cues. I mean, you can do more. Um, I want to have them do essentially the same thing, just a variation on that thing. Does that make sense? Um, so, what I mean is if I have a playback, a button or fader that has a color combination on it. You know, uh, maybe it's a standard two-color combination. I do a lot of these with music, right? You typically have uh, two colors, and then you go ahead and uh, do that, and life is good. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so that, so, you know, having those two um, two color options on the button really can help you because it saves you uh, if you accidentally press the same button twice. Meaning that if Q1 is red and then blue, you know, red on the first half of the rig, blue on the second half, I want to explain this better because I don't think I explained it amazingly well. Um, If that's Q1, you know, for your red, blue, then make Q2 blue on the first half and then red on the second half of the rig, okay? Because then if you're in a show, you're in red, blue, and you press that button again, wanting to have a change on stage, if it was only had one cue on it, there would be no change. But the music's changing, you press something, it changes. Okay, maybe you meant to hit a different color, but regardless, you know, the music's changing and you press a button, you know, it changes. And and that's what you want. Even if it's not, you know, a different color like you were hoping, it's better than nothing, right? And that works for colors, that works for positions, etc. It doesn't work amazing for things like gobos where you might want a specific one, um, though there are ways that it could work. Um, so I recommend doing two. Um, this also brings up actually a really great point before we get into it. Um, what about pages? What about pages of faders? Okay, so... Depending on what your console calls them, it may call them pages, banks, whatever. On most consoles or software, you have the ability to switch between different sets of faders or different sets of on-screen buttons, okay? And, you know, I have my feelings about this. Some people, and this is a fine way to program, they change pages a lot on their consoles, okay? This can work. Um, But I do have a few reservations about it. And the biggest problem that I see with pages, when people do have a lot of pages, are that um, you're on a different page, you've got something playing from a previous page, and you need to stop that thing. And the music ends suddenly, or it makes a quick change, and you know you need to stop it, but you can't get there fast enough to do so, or you can't remember what page it was on, and then, you know, you've got lights flashing, like... 15 seconds into the band having completely stopped, right? Every lighting guy's nightmare. And it's one that I see far too often when people use pages too much. So when do I like to use pages? Well, I have a couple ways that I set things up. Um, The first is if there's motorized faders, I feel good about having like two pages. Basically where one is like my primary page, where I'm going to spend most of my time. I typically have some intensity faders, some effects faders... Um, and, uh, you know, some faders that, um, that's usually about it. Actually, usually it's just intensity and then different effects. And maybe if I have like some blinders or something and I have like a build on those, I'll put that on a fader. Um, but that's all I put on page one. Then on page two, I might have some secondary things. Like I might have some subtractive faders, especially when I'm lighting for cameras to be able to subtract levels of certain lights you know, just things that I need to tweak only occasionally. Um, But I'll quickly return back to my first page if I have motorized faders, okay? If I don't have motorized faders or if I want to do more and more pages of things uh, to get some more looks within my my console, then I might do, say it's a 10-fader console, pretty typical. I might do the first four or five faders as my different intensities. And then the last five, I might do as effects. And so then page one, I've got one set of different looking effects. Page two, I've got a different set. Page three, I've got a different set. But on every page, the effects change. You know, the right half, say, five through ten change, or six through ten. But one through five, my intensity faders are the same on every page. It's referencing the same cue list on those faders so that even as I change, I never lose control of the most important stuff, the intensity levels, that I want to have on faders. Okay. So I'm not a big pages guy. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, most of the shows that I run, I keep my faders down to one to two pages because again, you don't want to be stuck on the wrong page, have to get back to something and not be able to get to it. I've been there. I've made that mistake. I try to set myself up so I can't possibly make that mistake because, you know, it ends up in me being hired again. Right. (laughs) And so, and so those are pages. Um, And so the next question becomes faders versus buttons, okay? Faders versus buttons. So any given console may have physical faders, may be able to have on-screen or virtual faders, may be able to have virtual faders via a tablet app or something like that, okay, that it interfaces with. And it may also have buttons, which could be physical playback buttons, Boy, I love if you, If you're looking for a console with great physical playback buttons, I just got to say, um, I used to do a lot of shows on the Grand MA1 console, and I love how they laid that out because on the, the full size Grand MA1, there is a grid of buttons. I think it has 60 buttons on it that has pages as well. And, you know, I'm counting them quick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 40 buttons. It's a grid of 40 buttons. And man, you can put so much on those buttons. It is just glorious and wonderful. Of course, it's an outdated console now, but I love the design. Um, But buttons versus faders. Um, As you know, as I've noted previously, you know, I want to go ahead and I really want to, um, you know, put only on faders things that I need that control over, that fader-based control. So what does a fader do that a button doesn't do? Well, what a fader does that a button doesn't do is it has variable control, right? There's a higher and a lower, or in terms of an effect, there's a slower and a faster, or a larger and a smaller effect, right? And so that's why for me, most of my faders are going to land as intensity faders and effects, okay? Everything else, I'm going to put onto buttons to save my faders for those most important things that I need variable control of. So you're not going to see me put on a fader I gobos. You're not going to see me put colors on a fader, except for effects again. Um, You're not going to see me put pan-tilt positions. Why? Because in most modern consoles, you have a limited number of faders, and when it comes to on-screen buttons, you have literally an unlimited amount of physical buttons to do. Of course, I'm old school, I really like physical buttons, there are ways to get them depending on your console, um, but still, I like to keep my color combinations to on screen, I like to keep, you know, my gobos to to button or screen, um, and the only things I really need faders for, again, are those effects, are um, those intensities, and that's really it, you know, you don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, it's, it's really as simple, and I see this a lot as people going, oh, I'm just going to record this thing. I'm going to record that thing, you know, put it on a fader, put it on a fader. And before you know it, your 10 faders are gone. And some of those faders might be these color combinations, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, do you really need a fader based control of it? You know, do you move that fader up and down and bring variation to that item? Even things like hazers, you know, I, I used to run my hazers on a fader. Um, but ultimately if you're not adjusting them a ton, you know, make yourself three or four cues with different levels, put them on a button and call it a day. You know, don't waste a fader on that because there's more important things that you could use, right? Because it's like, if I want to have intensity and I want to have, you know, 10 different levels of control of that, or I have an effect and I want to have 10 different levels of speed or 10 different levels of size or both. That's going to take me a lot of buttons to build, to keep track of, to press play on, and to update from show to show. Whereas I just put that thing on a button and I'm ready to rock and roll, or on a fader, sorry, on a fader, and I have, you know, unlimited points of control. Not unlimited, but, you know, 255, 256, right? Because DMX has 256 values. Of course, you can't see the difference between all those, so that's why I say, like, ten variations, right? Because every ten percent is, you know, more than what you can see well, okay? Um, and so, the question then becomes, what about virtual faders and buttons? Great question. Uh, again, I, I really stick to virtual faders as secondary things. Like, if I want to have some more effects, but I ran out of room for them, if I you know, need some subtractive faders for intensity and maybe I can put them on a touch screen, you know, that's a great place for it, especially when I don't have motorized faders on a console. Um, Virtual buttons are great. Of course, the biggest difference between a virtual button and a a real button is that a real physical button, you can hold your finger on ready to go and then push down. With a touch screen, eh, I wouldn't do that. I've seen people do it. I don't know if I would do that. You know, uh, but for anything that you could just tap on, you know, press play, you know, a virtual button can work great. Woo! So that about wraps it up for cues, playbacks, submasters, cue lists, all that good stuff. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was a breath of fresh air, honestly, because you know, this year, this past year, gosh, this past year has been tough. It really has been a tough one. Um, I'm sure it's been tough for you too. If you work with lighting, man, whoo. it's just been, you know, bonkers that, you know, a lot of good people who I know have not had shows. I mean, literally like, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, we, we got a newer car to us and it was used of course. And, um, I mean, people buy new cars and that's not a problem, but we usually don't. Uh, um, and, and we got this new van and so I need to get a locksmith so I could get a good key with a remote made cause we didn't have any keys with remotes and I wanted to get one for my wife. Right. And the locksmith comes up and he's got a helper with him. And the helper is literally a guy from the entertainment industry. Of course, we're in Nashville. You're like, well, of course that happened. But that's not always the case. His helper was a rigger, right? And this guy was like, you know, I just gave up, you know, with, you know, seldom job here and there, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you got to work, you got to do something. And and I'm excited that things are coming back um, because goodness, it's been too long. I miss shows. I miss shows so much. Um, So it's been a tough year, you know, podcasting stuff, but I'm here for you guys. I hope you guys like the show today. And again, if you are new here, check out my free guide to begin with lighting, customized to your specific lighting over at LearnStageLighting.com. And be back next week or maybe in two weeks. I'm not sure how often. Uh, We'll be back with the show. Maybe I'll even start doing like a podcast with video. I don't know. We're, We're figuring this out as we go along, but I'm excited to get back to things to keep talking in your ears and I hope you enjoy it too. So have a great day and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks.